Hi, this is William Fenney again with uh, Al Haferkamp, and we're going to be talking about COVID words. And this week, uh, last week, I should say, we talked about the word infect, and we got to some very interesting abstract realities behind that word that are hiding there. Um, and so now th this week, we're going to try another word, uh, which is the word vulnerable or vulnerability. Is that right, Al? That's right. Certainly a word that's on the minds of a lot of people who, especially some who feel very vulnerable because they're being asked to perhaps go back to work when they don't feel secure about doing that. And yet, you know, it's their job. So they have to do it or risk losing that job. So vulnerable is certainly one of the words that come up to describe that feeling. Yeah, I also, I also as a geezer myself, I, I, I re respond a little bit to the idea of being vulnerable. That is, you know, supposedly a vulnerable because of my age. Uh-huh. Um, I don't actually feel that way, but it's interesting to be, to find yourself put into a group that people consider to be vulnerable. Yeah. It's, um, it has an interesting source there's an early Latin adverb or adjective, vulnerabilis, which means, which means wounding mm -hmm. and likely to injure. Uh -huh. So, there's, and that from the Latin word vulnerare, to wound. Mm, okay, to wound. Yeah, that um, brings up all my constructs from lessons that I've had about Chiron that I can't stand. But anyway, <laughs> I guess that means I really do need to look at this word vulnerable and get to the roots of it and understand its abstract side because um, I'm obviously not happy with the uh, materialistic side of it. Yeah, it, um, it conjures in me, I mean, it signals in me a, a feeling of possibly helplessness. Mm -hmm. that uh, I am vulnerable to something that is basically out of my control. It's the nature of vulnerable. Something can happen that I will be hurt by it, and uh, I may or may not be able to prevent that. So there's a, there's a real emotional kind of a fear thing attached to this word vulnerable, especially at a time like this. Yeah, the, the the sense of not having control, I think that speaks to vulnerability in a big way. You know, if you were if you had control, you imagine anyway that you wouldn't be vulnerable. Right. Cuz you'd you'd be able to respond and you'd be able to do something and therefore you'd have some agency, right? There's the there's the word agency. And um, Yeah. Yeah. Lack of control, lack of agency. The uh other aspect of this that comes to mind when I think of vulnerable is, is having to do with lack of control. It's also what comes to mind for me is the idea that one of the reasons you lack control is you, you lack knowledge of the thing that is making you vulnerable. Uh, vulnerable to something implies that I don't really understand it, the limits of its effect, the uh, 
the the background the 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 source of its power where it comes from uh -huh. it's one so a lack of knowledge or lack of control has in some degree something to do with a lack of knowledge of what is making me feel vulnerable right so there's with, ignorance with knowledge yeah and that and of course that lends itself into the not feeling that you have agency because you don't know what to do whereas knowledge is involved in gaining what you need to take control again right right whether that's to uh, reduce the effect of what it is that's making you feel vulnerable or to avoid it altogether whatever whatever the strategy is but the knowledge which would lead to control and agency which would lead to not being as vulnerable to whatever so we have the idea here of somehow or another there's a there's a a wanting in consciousness about this yes something missing yes something missing something missing in in my consciousness of the event and of course uh, all of this uh, is to avoid injury so injury is right a, the wound or the injury is what we're basically concerned about being vulnerable to i remember a presentation that thane did a couple of years ago well a lot of years ago where he talked about what happens when you open yourself up to the infinite as we do with yeah. the, met the methods that we have when you begin to understand the infinite as something real and you begin to to understand that the infinite is something that actually relates to you um, he used the word vulnerable by saying that on the one hand you're impervious to accidents but you're completely and utterly vulnerable to the unfolding of the infinite say that too, again William. so the idea is that you are impervious to accidents the things that come without uh, apparently you know things that happen to you outside of your control going back to mr Gurdjieff's idea that we most people live you know accidentally mm -hmm. So you're impervious to accidents, uh, but you are completely and utterly vulnerable to the unfolding of infinite being. Yes. Which kind of turns everything on its head because suddenly the, uh, the thing that's at issue here is how we prevent ourselves from being vulnerable to the infinite. So we have these defense mechanisms that keep the infinite at bay. And they rise out of this idea that I think it, it arises out of operating from the belief that we are physical and we can get hurt. And that, that or, as, as a fundamental identity. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're that's when we try to keep the infinite out and it's, it, that's the identity that's doing that as we learn to relate to the infinite and not keep it out, but rather allow the infinite to have its way with us then that, that comes from letting our identity be loosed from a physical, material, dimensional character identity and coming from the point of view of 
if the if the reality of of life is is in fact the reality of life then being alive that's the reality of me and so we, when we can get to a place where we chew that over in our minds and realize that we are in fact the infinite reality expressing itself that's a different identity that we're coming from it's also the one that we can know the physical material one the one get is afraid of losing control of losing agency unable to do anything about possible wounding is one that we believe because we can't really know it i mean we feel like that's it one 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 second and then 15 minutes later we have a different attitude shift about something or an old friend calls and we feel completely different about ourselves right and it's no longer it's about like a control it's like everything's just fine and then 15 minutes after we hang up that call we see something on the news and oh my god <laughs> it's, all, it's all out of control again that we obviously we can't know that identity because it, sh it shifts on us you know it takes us some kind of input to completely throw it at cross purposes to what it was a, a little bit before uh -huh. but that which is that which is truly real that which is truly reality we can know and we can know it continuously we can prove it, it's the continuous reality of us and so you can we can know that that's what we are right in the midst of the seeming threats or seeming the seeming lack of control it gives us a place of security actually that the sense that the dimensional physical identity of ourselves can never have because it changes too much you can never count on it but you can always count on that the reality of yourself that you can know leading of course to the way we do it in prosperous not the only way but a good way of using our powers of, of reasoning to reason what must be so about us and about whatever we're experiencing even though the appearance may be untoward that the reality under and back of that appearance and the reality under and back of everything is the same reality but that which believes in the physical material identity that quality of us that may believe in that is consciousness even if we're misinterpreting the nature of it but consciousness is not limited by any of those identities the consciousness that we can prove to ourselves is knowledgeable about everything so we're, so far as our, as our lack of control has to do with us feeling like we're missing something in our consciousness if we really let ourselves be our consciousness which is the ability to lose control and the ability to regain control and the really ability to understand control it's the ability to do all those things that's not poor defenseless little me that's a different identity right in the midst of poor little me you know i get an image here of um of an experience that i had many years ago when i was living in hawaii i would go into the water you know go into the ocean and the the surf on the big island is is uh, it can be as gentle as a lamb or it can be as ferocious as a lion you know depending on what's uh -huh. going on but i do remember really learning how to float yeah um there was a part of me that that could not float and it was totally determined that that i'm in this water and i have to 
defend myself against this water because it's going to hurt me, right? Yeah. And so um, it took time. And over time, the learning to float, the learning to float came easier because, uh, because I was in Hawaii and the water is so wonderful and the currents moved very gently, you know, most of the time where I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got the sense of letting go and allowing yourself to move. And that was a completely um, liberating kind of feeling that I didn't have yeah. to struggle and fight with the water. And yeah. the, the water had these currents, and they would move me. I could relax and be in the water um, and feel the currents and enjoy the life that was, you know, those currents, they, they, there's a sense of liveliness, aliveness to them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I get a sense of, that's that really speaks to me as the sense of the vulnerability that we're talking about. Yeah. The vulnerability you arrive at by letting go, by whatever means possible, by letting go of that physical material version of yourself, even if briefly. I think we all have our, our lesson in the waves story from Hawaii. <laughs> Mine was one day when I was body surfing up on North Shore, a place near where I lived at the time called Rocky Point. And I was out body surfing. And a, a, medium, a medium set came in, not big swells, maybe a four-foot swell, maybe a five-foot wave. But as you know, if you've ever been on the edge of a five-foot wave about to curl and break, it looks like you're on top of a five-story building. <laughs> right. So when that it, and the idea of swimming through them or out swimming them to get yourself out beyond them is ridiculous, as you know. So I went in one day and you, you dive beneath them. You dive down, you come up, yeah. get your breath, go down before the next one rolls over, and slowly you make your way out. Again, doing exactly what you did, which was let the ocean do what it does and and work with it instead of trying to fight it. Out after going down under a, what I thought was probably the biggest wave of the set, I came up to be surprised by the next wave being very close behind, at least as big. And uh-huh. just as I came up and opened my mouth to gasp for air, uh-huh. it hit me right in the face and drove me back under the water. Holy cow! Uh, I was I was disorient, disoriented for a moment. I thrashed for uh, 20, 30 seconds, or something like that, holding what breath I had left. Realized I didn't know which way was up, and a voice came from wherever it came from and said, all you can do is let go. And I thought, well, I, there, was, there was no other choice because the, the thrashing was completely futile. So I just let go. And then I came up. Right. And <laughs> That's awesome. So there, you, as you did, I gave up control. But in giving it up, I was operating not as the little physical material identity, but as the identity which connects with and understands the ocean, the water, the adaptation that an an, an unlimited consciousness can always bring to bear in a situation. So I gave up what wasn't really the proper me in that situation, and I let the ocean tell me what to do, and it brought me up, as you did. You let the ocean have its way. So I think that we've come to some different understanding of vulnerability as, as um, something that has to do with what you're in relationship to, like, uh, and especially in the sense of something as large as the ocean or something even larger, which is, uh, which is our beingness. I feel like we've given a, a good shot at uh, taking this word around a, a little 
corner <laughs> so that we can understand mm-hmm. it differently. Is there mm-hmm. anything you, you want to add at this point? That only that the by taking this word into consciousness and really letting the ocean of consciousness have its way, we're never sure exactly what kind of an answer might come out of it. Because real good, as, we, as we've said and learned before, real good is always unpredictable. Uh, insofar as we do that, let, let the ocean of consciousness have its way with us in these situations, we get rid of the fear, which of course throttles everything by letting ourselves be vulnerable to the ocean of possibilities within us as consciousness and letting go of the identity that gets afraid through whatever process you use. But yeah, I think we're I think we've changed our feeling about this word, our, our attitude toward the word vulnerable as we've had this discussion. An attitude can make all the difference. <laughs>